Pickaxe. Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Triforce Podcast. That's right. The hottest gaming news. Oh, the hottest, <laughs> the, the hottest, the hottest yeah. uh, gaming takes and the spiciest chat uh, with the oldest men in gaming. <laughs> <laughs> there are older, but uh, but we're up there for sure. We, we are gotta up be. There. Yeah. We are up there. There's those granddad streamers you see. Uh, yeah, yeah. Like God bless old them. Men. Yeah, and they sort yeah. of. It's nice to see them still yeah. going. I yeah. don't know how much chat is just being nice to them and how much chat is just fucking with them. Yeah, that's my concern. Don't mess with I old people. I... That'll be me in like a year so you know right it's, it's kind of it's it's harder some old people yeah you can mess with but i think generally it's harder to mess with old people they're kind of bulletproof right like i i don't think they give as many fucks so they, they don't really get as upset. don't but yeah. uh it's certainly i think it's easier to conf- confuse and confuddle them true uh, they're definitely on things the edge that everybody else seems to take for granted internet yeah, yeah yeah i feel like they've got less they've got yes they've got years of experience that should make them wiser but they also have many less years to have to suffer the consequences of their actions <laughs> god you know? yeah i suppose that's so, the way to look at it fuck it let's just <laughs> let's just shoot anyone who comes onto my land god <laughs> it kind of does just get to that point though you know I think the older mm. you get, you know, you're a little bit more protective of your uh, your compound, wherever that may be. You know, even you're if, scared. Yeah, it's, and, it's and you you get the a lot more frightened of teens, and you don't understand. Yeah, yeah. teenagers. Your, your really, brain is calcified. I think teenagers really became scary to older people. I'm not sure specifically why. Uh, presumably, there have always been teenagers. One, one would assume. I think it's culture. It's it, it's TV that's given them the idea. I mean, we've all seen it like teenagers but in my experience they tend to prey on people their own age or at least what they think is their own age right like yeah when i got mugged it was like someone who was about my age in in london and like this was obviously when i was a teenager but you, you got properly mugged well not really mugged off was, or just like uh fully <laughs> mugged someone you know someone wanted my phone you know back in the this is back in the day though. right this is when phones did they were, have a weapon uh he said he did uh. but he wasn't going to show it in the middle of a busy train station. So, so you're in the middle of a busy train station. He might station not have even had you, a weapon. You gave him the the phone. Yeah. I didn't give him the phone. No, I ran away. Oh yeah, right. that's um, the wise move. What's he going to do? Were you, you screaming all... like high pitched screaming? Help! Yes. Help! Yes, there was. Nice. It was a whole thing. I mean, I've told I've told. Did the story it make before, it in it's... the paper? 
Was it in the paper? I don't. I don't think it was that kind of. I think it was an everyday occurrence. Breaking right. news: Screeching man alarms <laughs> travelers. <laughs> Tore the cuff of his turtleneck uh, mid screech whilst running I through think Paddington I felt Station. Like, I felt like the, the kid who was mugging me was about as out of depth as I was in the whole situation. <laughs> it was almost like his first day on the job as a mugger. He has a turtleneck as well. He just looks exactly <laughs> like you, <laughs> like slightly younger version. Mugs you. Yeah. Oh. Oh, man. Have you ever had that? You ever been beaten up or anything? You ever had a fight? I've been, like... I've been in a couple of fights, but I, I may have started them both. Yeah. Oh, yeah. B flags. <laughs> they, they weren't that long ago either. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Not serious ones. I was a bit mouthy in high school one time, and the high school bully, well, beat me and my friends. It was, it was funny, though, because it was like there were more of us than him, but because he was uh, so notorious... Uh, we let him beat us all up so that he wouldn't do it again. <laughs> but like he didn't really okay. beat us up that badly. He just kind of chased us all around. <laughs> and then we just, that was it. I think a lot right. of the time the school bullies, I remember that the bully in our year at school was a, a very lonely guy. Uh, he didn't really have any friends. In fact, he no. didn't have any friends. Yeah. And I know that his brother, his big brother was extremely mean to him, would set traps for him around the house. Uh, would wait for him to come home from school and then just launch himself at him and beat him up. Yeah. And I know that he'd come from boarding school uh, where he said it was, you know, you literally had to fight every day or you'd just be bottom of the barrel. Like prison, essentially. A, yeah. a pretty rough boarding school. I mean, you think of boarding school as all being like uh, those sort of... Uh, Chamber music. And, yeah, yeah. Sort of Tarquin, candelabras but, and stuff. Yeah. But it's essentially uh, an all-boys boarding school. I'm sure it's it's extremely rough for, at a girls as well, but I, I only know people who've been to a boys one. It's just fighting all the time. Uh, and that testosterone and boys all stuck in together for fucking weeks and weeks at a time, no break from each other. It's it's a pretty violent place. But yeah, so he we went my Dungeons and Dragons club, uh, which we had uh, most lunch times because we fucking hated going outside. Um, we would be in that in the school playing Dungeons and Dragons, and he would always come in. He wasn't meant to be in the school, but he would just come in and. Tip, tip, you know, throw our dice on the floor and tip our character sheets onto the floor and, oh my God. and shout at us and stuff. And then, and then, but he, I could tell that he would always watch for a while. And my impression was that he desperately wanted to play. Uh, but knowing that we would never invite him to play because we were all terrified of him, um, he sort of acted out in that way to sort of get our attention. And I, I mean, he just used to stomp around on his own looking for people to, to bully. But I, I don't this think that he was This just feels like you've watched Stranger guy. Things. and <laughs> Did that happen in Stranger Things? Kind of, yeah. Okay. It's, got I think it's a very common thing. Least, they start off kind of like dicks and then they end up being slow. Because there's this guy who's like in the first season, he's like a super creepy guy, like taking pictures of girls, you know, voyeuristically. And then he sort of, he gets... You know, they slowly shape him into a sort of nice main character. Well, that, that oh. sadly didn't happen in this instance. No. Yeah. I guess that the, 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 it has to be influenced from somewhere, right? People who write these shows, if they've had experiences with bullies or whatever. I mean, like the bully that Burian described sounds like a lot like the one at our school. Didn't really have any friends or the friends that he did have were just people that, um, you know, he, he, he previously bullied. That just sort of like fell into line with them. He had an older brother who was also a big bully, so they were like a like they had like a dynasty of bullying in oh, the God. local neighborhood. But funnily enough, like uh, you just if you didn't really have anything to do with them, uh, like he wouldn't just like just start bullying you like for no reason, I guess, or at least I feel like that's the the case. Like you know maybe that's not the case for everybody. 
but um but like in our case like we 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 were mouthing off a little bit and we shouldn't have been <laughs> but it, the whole thing was just like so so comical anyway but then after that he 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 didn't really bully us again it was just like he, like he got it out of his system and that was it we never really we never bumped into him again we never really had any altercations with him or anything yeah it was this fine. is weird like it's weirdly familiar because of the the D aspects that's a big thing in straight i just wonder if you are like one of the kids from stranger things in the no 80s. i'm far less interested maybe that's why you lost all your hair because you went through this whole that's like a like a like a a a hindsight reconstruction of a kid in the 80s right yeah you're like a you're like a grown-up version of one of the kids who's like suffered this stressful event a little bit like um the it you know it's um the clown movie where they all grown up great they all grow up don't they for the sort of second chapter so the first one is when they're kids and second one is when they're all adults you see and they some of them have even sort of blanked out this traumatic yeah, yeah. thing that happened and they don't even quite believe the hell do you blank that out happened. like a like a well, full-on murdering clown also, that's demon very clown much... <laughs> yeah i just i, I choose not to think about it much they also cut uh there was a scene in the book because there's a, a girl who's part of their little group and at, oh, yeah, at the end awful, of the yeah. uh the first part of when they're all still kids they all have a big gangbang with her and then yeah get, get on back very, with their lives that's they in the come book. back from the movies yeah, that's in the book yeah <laughs> yeah that's probably a probably a good idea not to have that but though it's stranger things as well there's there is a bully character as well called um steve who is like an unlikable jock kind of guy yeah and then he becomes um like a a, a good good guy as well like it's, it's strange how obviously you know it, it, i guess at the beginning of stranger things there's no kind of actual villains so the villains are just themselves you know you know they, they find that there's this more I guess, sort of threatening, you know, danger to them all that they then have to fight against. Well, like in the Mm. Shadow Realm or whatever. I've only watched uh, the first two seasons of it, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, everyone's, again, with with Stranger Things, I feel like either you've seen it or it's like through osmosis, you know. Do you know, know? does does Barbara die in the first one? I can't remember. Don't spoil it. I haven't seen any. I saw the first series, but yeah, I think Barb Barb dies in episode two or three or something like that. Yeah, she goes, she gets uh, she gets sucked into the pool or whatever into the shadow yeah. realm, right? But did, did yeah, they find yeah. her dead body in the shadow realm as well? I can't remember. I don't, I don't remember. Um, again, now it's all blending with Twin Peaks. My youngest watched the whole thing. She right. became obsessed with Stranger Things. She watched it and she loved it. She th- said it was like yeah. the best show ever. Well, yeah, um, it is. Good. I mean, it's probably like the only show she's ever seen as well. To be fair, that's a, that's not true. <laughs> Oh right! Okay. <laughs> she loves TV. She watches TV all the fucking time. She really loves yeah. TV, oh, but that's... she watches like The Office and Parks and Rec. And oh okay, that. okay. It's like anytime my son plays something, he's like, "This is the best thing I've ever played." It's like, yeah, well, you haven't <laughs> fucking played anything. Of course, it's going to be the, you know, it's like the first food you eat. This is the best food I've ever eaten. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's like the first as well. It's, <laughs> I always find it funny. Like it's just like he proclaims that this is the greatest thing. It's like. God, wait till you play some other stuff. You know, he's he's saying like like Fall Guys, like Fall Guys is the best game ever made. Okay, buddy, it's it's all right. It's not that great. Like there's there's better games out there. Jeez, you know. Hmm. Just wait till he plays Tarkov. Holy crap, it's gonna blow his mind. Oh my god. Oh my god. Or Magic the Gathering. Or Magic the Gathering right? online arena. Holy crap. Well into that. He's it's really hard, but it blow is his fun. damn mind. You know what else I played over the last few days? Fucking War Thunder. Yeah, I um I played War Thunder. I saw you playing that, and I thought to myself. I know how this goes. I also played War Thunder for a bit. It's uh, it's it hooks fun. you in a bit. It's and it is pretty fun. It, interesting to see how long you play it for. 
Like, oh, probably uh, not. Long. Yeah, it's uh, it it does get uh, repetitively tedious. Yeah, quickly. no, I can see that. So the the idea with War Thunder for anyone that hasn't played it, I'm sure you all have. It's like tanks, planes, and ships. Yeah, and the battles are takes like a minute to queue into a battle. It lasts about six, seven minutes. End of game, rinse, repeat. Yeah, and depending on how you do, you get points to unlock new tanks or ships or planes and you can juice them up a little bit and train your crew and stuff like that so there's a little yeah. bit of progress but if you progress uh too much at you, you get better tanks you just get bumped in, up into a harder cap yeah and now you're playing against lads who are also in bigger tanks so there's really not the sort of benefit to getting a bigger tank people are like oh i really want to get into the so-and-so and i'm like but then you'll be up against other also good tanks yeah so it's kind of pointless um but it's just a time sink. It was just it was just a bit of fun, really. Yeah, no, it's yeah. it is it is good for that for sure. Like if you're in between games and you just want something that um you can jump into quickly, like it's there's you don't sit in queues forever. There's there's lots of buttons to press on the menu, but like the the gameplay itself is like quite fun, right? Yeah, like and there's no and communication tanks. with your teammates. Like you don't have to worry about no. people being toxic. You just roll around in a tank. Yeah, yeah. Up. It's like it's like the battlefield games. It's like such a huge. There's so much going on. Like if you really wanted to make an impact you could with like a small squad but you don't have to you can just no. roll around die quickly get right back in it's like it's yeah. not a problem getting and then uh if you do well you, you can in the tank battles they'll offer you like would you like to get in a plane for a bit and you get like a minute or whatever flying around in a bomber it's quite yeah. fun it's just yeah. uh and this it can be those, very it's, cinematic it's an mmo right though i mean in, in, in a it doesn't even it's not ashamedly an mmo right the idea is that it's it keeps you in it hooks you in and you you don't play anything else right and, it tries to yeah. yeah for sure and and successfully so i mean there's definitely some um big time armchair admirals out there playing it like full time mm. it's it's that kind of game too it's a, it's just like it's the progression and the unlocks and all that crap, right? It hooks people in and uh, hooks their yeah. wallets in as well. In some there's, there's so many new cool games that I played during Tiny Teams and I just felt like... So that was what we did last week. It was... Um, it was just this great opportunity to to test out hundreds of new things. And it, to some extent, it, it burned me out a little bit in that my attention span became super, like, low. <laughs> like, I couldn't... Like, you know, it's almost like I've, I've you know, when you, I, I did this thing where I played a new board game every day. And after a while, I was like, man, I've, I've played all of them. And it felt like I had played all of them because it, it was very few and far between when there was a mechanic that I was like, oh, OK, so this is like that bit from Azul, but this bit from Viticulture or whatever, you know, I was almost like at this point where every game was just this other game yeah. right, with differences. And so, like, it, I found it pretty when I was going through all the 900 submissions for Tiny Teams and trying to oh, wow. suggest yeah. ones to put into the thing, Alex actually played every single one, which is mad. Whereas I went through and just played the ones that I thought looked interesting, but I still ended up playing hundreds of games. And it was really cool to try that new stuff. But now I ju I'm just like, I I'm finding myself getting bored after an hour in any game. <laughs> it's really weird. Because you I think um, maybe you've just spent so long having to play a bunch of games that you you've just forgotten how to enjoy games. Like if you having to look for a specific it's almost like being a, a reviewer. Like I've yet mm. to meet someone who's a reviewer for 
either films or games or books or whatever who isn't deeply cynical and kind of burned out on enjoying that thing there's the bloody doorbell hold on God, what a, that's such a grand doorbell like you can i, I heard know, that perfectly it's a dong, the mansion dong mansion dong. flex yeah you can hear it echoing through the halls of the study you know it's like a cheap plastic box though right absolutely like, yeah stuck on the wall they, those ones yeah. always sound really good though right they, they, i know they, somehow yeah it's yeah. very british to have a a doorbell like that though yeah they t- um, they talk the talk but do they walk the walk like they're not did you play i saw you played cult of the lamb and farthest frontier yes which are both expensive indies that came out this week yeah yeah um, both good as well farthest frontier is nice and uh cult of the lamb is really good it's great okay it's got pick them up. got lots of nice little mechanics and stuff and it's beautiful god the just the the sound uh the the animations the graphics and cult of the lamb is really nice like the, i love the art style and everything too it's good just feels like a yeah. nice game to play but uh it looks very you know binding of Isaac yes style. yeah very much so yeah but uh there's um, a lot of like there's like there's a whole mechanic around building up your little compound and uh the followers like worshiping you and unlocking stuff through the power that they give you uh the twitch integration with it is really good too you can uh you can hold raffles to have followers named after people in chat so they can okay. they can opt into it and then you can like do stuff with them uh to gain more power like uh murder them imprison them if they start to get like uh a bit unruly you can uh, sacrifice them <laughs> in a ritual <laughs> like it's it's, kind, it's, it's really kind of, good they can die of old age just, as well yeah. you bury them and then they resurrect after a couple of days <laughs> it's 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 a bit bonkers it's funny though does it feel anything like don't start of um, um or is it more like arena battle it's it's there's there's definitely a focus on like the battley stuff there's like a little mini game called uh is it knuckles or knuckle dusters like a dice game that you can play against various little npcs that you find which is which is quite fun it's like a like a dice like um i don't know it's it's super easy when you when you play it it's fun though and then uh no, there's like a little great. fishing mini game in it there's there's all sorts of shit like it, it it it's it's good it's really fun it's 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 a nice one and like nice little progressions and stuff as well you upgrade your buildings like there's like quality of life stuff for your compound like you can eventually unlock outhouses and janitors because they're all all your little cultists just shit on the ground and get unhappy and sick and stuff like it, it's cool right. yeah it's really fun huh. i've enjoyed it's it still, yeah and uh, farthest no, frontier I'm... is just really chill it's like banished and anno mixed together it's like it's got like uh oh. the building of anno you know like on that grid um so you you're, you're trying to like get that's what i was hoping yeah for. you're trying to get yeah. little districts and neighborhoods built up uh, and buffing like each other based on like desirability and, and shit like that but then you also have to manage the logistics of your industry getting to the places that it needs to and then it's what, got what all like game this, is this it's got all the survival stuff of banish farthest like, frontier crop rotations seasons like all that shit so yeah it's good it's fun and it's it looks it's nice a banished too. sort of city banished and yeah. city builder based uh, from the grim dawn you know grim dawn the diablo oh clone. i saw really this cool. yeah yeah that's yeah, nice it, a, it's really nice yeah. it's good weird weird to change over such a different genre no nah, they've done they've done RPG good though it seems a... seems good i think um i think if they keep um keep adding stuff to it and everything as well it'll be it'll be real nice it's good oh, i mean also i saw you playing a lot of play up that launched this week man i've um, been playing our, our, our game i've been playing a lot of played up it's fantastic though like i mean when we played it uh genuinely i had such a good time but i've i've enjoyed playing it since with 
all sorts of different people. They, I've been playing more recently with uh, with Hafu and her husband, uh, who okay. are both like uh, bona fide pro gamers, and uh, mm. that's an experience. But I mean, it's a five star experience. I mean, we're, we we were winning like left, right, and center. It was crazy. We had all these systems set up. They take it very seriously. Uh, well, <laughs> it's she, been really she's fun. Got a, she's got a Wikipedia page. Oh, Hafu. Yeah. Well, she's a big deal. She's a she's a big, she's a, and all sorts of stuff. She's a big she's gamer. Yeah, stuff. big time. She's uh, she's she she was like WoW Arena, played Diablo like competitively, Bloodline Hearthstone, everything. Yeah, and Hearthstone. Yeah, and uh, she's, she's more recently, deal, I think team, team fight team fight tactics mm. is the is yeah the one. shifted out of the old Hearthstone. Yeah, which I, I, I mean, I think a lot of people have. It's uh, it's a it's a different scene now for sure. But the the game arguably is um not as big as it once was either it's still churning out expansions and well i think this is why people are, but... are looking for a, looking at magic again yeah which is why p flex and there's a sort of there's a sort of bit of a ground well magic let me say something i got back into it because when i was on holiday that's all i could play right, right. you were so, desperate yeah there was I have like had a few people getting into it i mean the thing is for me it's too expensive really like like just it's like Hearthstone times two or three. It feels like just so costly to buy all the packs, and they're so quick as well. To, I I know this sounds stupid, but it feels like since the last time I played, there's been like six or seven expansions. Like, yeah, no, there have mean? been. A lot. Yeah, I mean, it's taken it's me a while to get to into keep it up with games and, like uh, that. and reading and stuff like that. But I think the the most fun thing about it is creating. Like I I stream it, and we'll we'll build a deck with chat. So we'll come up with right. a theme, and we'll sort of build a deck. Um, and see how it does. So everybody's kind of invested in it. Um, it's just, it's just fun. And there's so many. Like, it's not, it's not a game I get frustrated at losing. Like, I don't know why. The only game that I really get angry about is Dota. I've, we've spoken about this before, but I don't really get frustrated when I lose in pretty much any other game. Uh, occasionally in Tarkov, I'll get a little annoyed yeah. with myself mainly, or with like the nature of Tarkov. If I get shot from across the map, I'm like, fuck it out. Yeah, you know, yeah it's not yeah. really anything you can do about Tarkov it. Tarkov is um, kind of rage-inducing at times for sure. Especially if you I lose. I feel stuff. the same way. In fact, I feel, I feel almost the opposite. It's, you're actually really right about this. Uh, when I lose in certain games, I get really salty. But I, I, so for this week, um, Ben invited me to a, a tournament for one of these um, miniatures games that we play, which is the Song of Ice and Fire mm. Game of Thrones miniatures game, right? And because partly because the new House of the Dragon uh, is the new HBO show, it's the new. I mean, Game of Thrones is the biggest show on TV, right? House of the Dragon is supposed to be, you know, a very different story that's due very shortly, I think. Are you excited about it, by the idea of more Game of Thrones, given what I happened am. last time? I, I am, actually. Because I'm, I'm dreading I'm... it. Same with this fucking Lord of the Rings thing and all the rest of it. Lord of the Rings thing? Yeah, it's like a new well, Lord of the Rings thing. It's, it's going to be just, shit. I just... No, I'm hyped. I'm really hyped now, actually. I, I just want... I'm just look, anyway. Um, I went to this um thing, and so Ben was like, "Yeah, there's only three of us, so it would be good if there was a fourth. So I was like, "Okay, so <laughs> yeah. nice, nice invite." Yeah, nice that's invite. that's that's nice. <laughs> well, we scoured the earth looking for somebody who could meet our high standards. Uh, we came up empty, unfortunately, and. Well, you just happened to be here. Um, and yours was the last number. We do need mind. a fourth, um, so reluctantly so, we'd like to invite you. So we we drove out to this village um, called Iron Acton, which is in about ten miles out of Bristol. Uh, I didn't know where we were going. I just thought it was around the corner. So it's about a twenty-five minute drive or half an hour actually. When we were like, because we got the bridges were all closed for some reason. Anyway, got there, boiling hot night. It's at like the local village hall, okay? And I'm 
I feel like I haven't been to a village hall for fucking ages. And um, they were like, they, like the guy was waiting for us, and he'd set up two tables. But there was like down the other end of the village hall, there was some other folks doing other other board games, right, and other other games. But there were only about sort of five or six of them, and they were playing some old like um, like bolt action, I think, or some 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 World War Two stuff. And occasionally, one of them would come round, and you say, "Oh, what are you what are you playing then?" And we'd be like, oh, it's the Game of Thrones Winters games. I'd never heard of it. Um, never heard of it. No one had ever heard of Game of Thrones. And they were, but they, they, they they'd never they heard of Game of Thrones. Never heard of Game of Thrones. And never heard were, of, wait. I know. Actually, I mean, not having I, heard of the board game, fair enough. Yeah, but, yeah. I thought, sorry, that's what I thought you meant that they never No, never, never heard, of heard of the the actual universe. Um, <laughs> these but they guys. They were fascinated. Man. They were like, oh, these look, this looks cool. Tell me about it. And so we we were we were going to play two games, one against each other, but we kept getting interrupted by local old men. Yeah, <laughs> so much that we couldn't fucking make any progress. What, what era just, is this? This ancient, is it? Is medieval? No, no, it's Game of Thrones. Sorry, you're gonna have to run that by me again. Game of Game of Thrones. Never heard of it, mate. Never heard of it. <laughs> Game of oh, Thrones. So but they got knights in armor and dragons. That's so, what yeah, 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 yeah. so it's a fantasy uh, setting, is it? Yeah, very yeah, much. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. Is it no magic, magic and wizards? No, there's, not there's really. no magic and wizards. So no, it's not. No. It's like low fantasy, then, is it? What what rule set are you using? Well, he couldn't really get into, get into his head that it was low fantasy. At one point, I gave him the rule book to hope he would like go away. How could it be low <laughs> fantasy if there's dragons in it? This doesn't make any sense. This does make no sense. I, I've never heard of this... a Game of Thrones. Where's the yeah. throne? <laughs> that's, that's the kind of thing we were dealing with. Oh, but man. no, it was um, it was fun. We we had I only managed to get one game, and, but it was weird being in a little village hall and um. You know why they haven't again. heard of Game of Thrones, Lewis? Go Not on. just because they're old, because I'm pretty sure even my mum has heard of Game of Thrones. These guys, and I, I from remember when I used to do war gaming a lot. They are only into one thing. Well, actually, two things: real ale and war gaming. And that's it. <laughs> Real and they ale. really don't care about anything else. It's not that they're being dismissive. They live in a bubble where all they care about really is their miniatures, which means an interest in history quite often. And, you know, that's it. And I don't think they use any modern technology or watch much television or, or anything. They just live in a bubble and that, that's their thing. A lot of them have another very boring hobby, like woodworking or something like that, which isn't exactly thrilling. And that's it. They've got a very peaceful existence. I think it's very, very British. That's sort of uh, picking a hobby and that's it. That's my thing. I know lots of people like that. They have one interest. Yeah, and like, definitely, it's like those guys yeah. that build those uh, those those uh, radios at home, right? And they talk ham to radios. Like, ham yeah, radios. Yeah, the ones we, yeah. we were talking about the other week. Yeah. yeah, I have noticed that these things are all adjacent to the train set in the loft. You know, it's mm. it's very close to ha- to that. You know, it's a step away from that is is Napoleonic kind of era miniatures wargaming, you know, and then close to the, another one, you know, that's a step away from bolt action, which is a step away from Warhammer. Everyone's, you know, slightly along that curve somewhere. And you'd think we'd all be friends, but no, we don't really have... <laughs> all four of those groups are very distinct um, and stay apart from each other. Yeah. It's kind of weird. Um, yeah, and there's definitely an age a- aspect to it. I mean, I, I always wonder what what would we do when we're when we're old. But you know, I, I just feel like Warhammer's been around long enough that you know, some, like you wonder what 90s, we're going to do when we're old. To dads, I'm old now. I'm doing, I'm doing the stuff. <laughs> I'm doing all the things. All right, 
I, I don't think you can call yourself uh, old if you have a baby. I think, you know, you're going to have to wait until your kids are old enough that you can say, well, mine are all grown up now. That's when you're old. I yeah, when, I suppose. I, suppose. I can't out. imagine that I'm going to be doing much different to what I'm doing now, though. Like No, uh, I, I, people ask me all the time, what are you going to do after streaming? I'm like, please don't ever end. Like, I don't, well, want I, I don't think it has to, though. <laughs> this comes up a lot. But like, I mean, feasibly, even if only like 20 people were watching your stream, you could still stream. It doesn't yeah, matter. Probably, like, probably still do. Yeah. Yeah. I might as well share it with everyone. Can you explain to me what real ale is, PFLAX? Do you actually even know? Yeah. So when you talk about like real ale, what you're talking about is not like beer from a big brewery or something like that. It's generally going to be called something like the Weasel's Mittens, you know, and it's very sort of strong tasting ale. It's from a pub that does ales, doesn't have football on the telly. Uh, real ale drinkers would be the kind of men that you would see wearing um, trousers with that are patched up. They have bushy beards. <laughs> Uh, they enjoy folk music or 1970s classic prog rock and stuff like that. Yes. Uh, they're into uh, history. They're into local architecture and nature. They might go hiking from time to time. Uh, they may use a bicycle. Uh, their car is very old looking and beaten up. Uh, they're <laughs> kind of stuck in their ways and a little bit opinionated about sort of things. And, and uh, they're mostly, I would suggest... Uh, not conservative, but certainly old-fashioned in some of their uh, views, perhaps. But a lot of them are also kind of hippie-ish. Um, they're sort of, uh, I'd say, a gentle left-leaning. Uh, they make dad jokes. Uh, they, they eschew the modern world. The zeitgeist is a mystery to them. Um, and real ales tend to be much more oh. musty. There's a, a strong flavor when you drink a really strong real ale that you drunk this out of a used ashtray um but that's right. part of the flavor and is that the yeast what is, I, I don't know leave it in? this is obviously what... this is stereotyping if you are a young man or young woman and you are into real ale and this does not describe you congratulations i'm sure you're as much a novelty in those communities as uh as as i would be um because you know when they ask you well what do you do i play video games for a living doesn't compute it just, you know, it's right, not the yes. sort of thing that goes into their heads. So, yeah. uh, you well, know, this I mean, is the stereotypical, but I'd say that's the, the, the yeah. real real ales always like uh, the like uh, the like craft brews and stuff, especially like in Britain, have kind of funny names too, or can have yeah. funny names. Absolutely, right? there's there's a famous Twickenham one called the Naked Ladies, yeah, uh, which is very popular. They're all they're all things like. That. Are they all micro breweries? I would as say well. so. Yeah, I mean, for instance, for example, if you were to drink uh, Fuller's. You know, that's not going to count. That's like uh, pretend. That's like drinking Budweiser and claiming, oh, I, I'm into beer. I know my beers. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it, it has to be the fox's nipple. It has to be something like that, brewed by one guy in a shed. Yeah. Fo uh, the, the more. And also, this is not the same. By the way, this is not the same. People out there wondering, and perhaps even Lewis Brindley himself, this is not the same as all those hipstery craft ales and shit like that. This is different. Yeah, they've horned in yeah. on this racket. This is like real like bathtub brews and right. stuff. Yeah. And these are guys that for whom the camera guide is is like the Bible. You know, camera meaning the 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 campaign for real ale. They'll sort of give a camera rating. Yeah, uh, oh. for a pub. Um, so yeah, like you go look up the website. So you know, fifty-seven uh, unique uh, ales are on offer here. My favourite pick would Fucking be hell. the Witch's Chuff. 
Or <laughs> the witch's chub. Or may, mayhap the queen's chebs, which is an excellent. Uh, <laughs> I love. I it's love the, some of those names. Yeah. The naked ladies is a, a a statue complex with a rockery and water cascade yes. in the gardens of York it, House. Twickenham. It's unbelievable. If you ever come to Twickenham, I'll take you to see it because. It's down, it's near um, York House, so which is like the council building, if you like. You can use it for weddings and stuff. We used it when we renewed our vows recently. From like the Twickenham Riverside is very nice, very, very gentle area. It runs from Church Street in Twickenham all the way down to Kew and beyond. And it's basically walkable, very green when you're out there, especially when you get towards Ham, the Ham side of, of, of the uh, of Richmond. You would not know you were that close to a big city. All you can see is trees and fields. There's a fucking field with cows in it. And it's right there in in, in, in London. Um, Imagine it was signed like that as well. You know, like those brown <laughs> signs for like heritage or like right, you know, points yeah. of interest. Uh, fucking, fucking field cows. with cows in it. Field of cows. <laughs> But and there's all really good pubs along there. Loads of people go walking. There's lots of people pottering around on boats and things. There's a ferry, which is literally a boat that you could fit maybe eight people in comfortably. It just runs over and up and down the river all day. That's on Marble Hill. But so York House uh, has this very large garden. It's very beautiful. It's quite simple. A lot of the area is not over fancified. Yeah. You know, you go to some places, it's all really elaborate, topiary. Like, this is much more played down. It's like a big English country garden, more like. Um, marble so, Hill. Yeah, so at the bottom end of that, there's a very... Is it called that because of these marble statues? I don't know, were... maybe. Because, this, because the statues come are like Italian marble. Right, but was, the, guess, this is, it feels point. like someone's created this. Mon it's a monstrosity, in all honesty. It really right. is. It's enormous. Right. It's completely out of keeping with everything else in the area. So you come into this garden, it's like he green hedgerows, of course they're green, high hedgerows all around it, and it's dividing it up into quadrants, little fountain, it's all very peaceful, there's benches and squirrels and pigeons. And then at one end, there's this huge fucking wall of Italian marble, this fountain thing, um, and it's it's like winged pegasi and naked women with spears, everything, it's so over the top. And it feels mm. bizarrely out of place. When we first saw it, we were like, my God, like we were taken aback. Because it really <laughs> is shockingly out of place um, and overstated. It, it's it's like somewhere, it's like you go into someone's house and their living room is like the most over-the-top thing you could imagine. It's like that sort of takes your breath away. Then you're right. sort of like, wow, yes, this is impressive, but I'm impressed at how hideous it is and you know how much effort must have gone into making this thing. But it is quite funny yes. to see. Yes. So I went into, there's um, a bar in the bottom of Park Street in Bristol mm. called Java. And upstairs they have a lounge that you can rent out for events. And I went in and I was like, what the fuck is this? And I found out it was um, when the when the Mauritania, which was this cruise, like Titanic style cruise liner, was, was torn apart in Bristol. Mm. Um, they took all of the furnishings from like the first class bar and stuff, and all the wooden bits, all the chandeliers, right. all the everything, and put it in this like built a built a room in the upstairs of this place in Bristol, and it just feels like so like a film set. Do mm. you know what I mean? It doesn't. Yeah. It feels so out of place. So I think that's the thing. Um, if you're gonna have like when you if you go to Italy and you walk around a lot of the, the places there where there's a lot of galleries and statues and things like that, everything's like that. So these huge statues just become part of that but if you have a completely out of place vast statue it doesn't matter how good it is it's like you don't expect to see it there and it seems kind of weird it's almost offensive that it's put there <laughs> so like what the fuck is this thing doing here 
Uh, too much. It's too much in the in that uh, milieu. Milieu. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. It's almost like you have. To, it's like D and D though. It's like you're. It's like you're in a set, which is kind of. But you have to kind of like dis- suspend your disbelief. Mm. You know, you're not. You're not comfortable. You don't feel like you're in the right. You feel like you're in some fake thing rather yeah. than something that really is grand. Like I think if you stood at the bottom of the pyramids, you'd be like, yeah, wow, this is genuine and cool. And- right. I'm actually. But you're in, in the place. desert amongst pyramids. But if you yeah. saw a pyramid in the middle of Bristol, you'd think, "What the fuck is this thing doing here? It feels bizarre." Although it would be pretty yeah. awesome, full-size pyramid. <laughs> well, one of the biggest pyramids um, that Bob was talking to me about was the, the flipping one in Texas, the sporting goods tech oh, pyramid. God. Doesn't <laughs> count. It doesn't count. The biggest pyramid <laughs> in the world is in Texas for a sporting goods store. <laughs> Like you can't you can't build one in the modern age with modern materials and be like we got the biggest pyramid right over here. <laughs> well, it's sorry no, it's in, sorry not Texas. It's in Memphis, isn't it? Memphis, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Well, we got the biggest tech, got the biggest goddamn pyramid you ever seen right here. Yeah. That's right. Oh, it's it's the tenth tallest pyramid in the world, actually. Oh, um, tenth. Twenty thousand. Well, hell, that ain't good t- enough for me. I go build the pyramids. <laughs> 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 so, buy all them damn pyramids. So it was a, it was a twenty thousand seat arena, but it got bought by the Bass Pro Shop mega store. Of course, oh, of course, it's now it did, Bass yeah. Pro Shop Pyramid. It's just so bizarre. It's so so bizarre. It is. It's almost like the biggest tourist attraction in Memphis, Tennessee. I, I do think it's interesting um, when you look at America. It, it, I would say, and I think most people would agree, it, it doesn't even really need to be said, but I'll say it anyway. Its biggest draw is its natural beauty. Yeah. Uh, it, I mean, it, as as a nation, the geography of it is so unbelievable and so beautiful. Um, and you've got obviously things like the Grand Canyon and Niagara Falls and all this kind of stuff. And whilst it has all been over-touristified, a lot of it, you've still got the national parks and things which are unbelievable. Yeah. Um, but people don't always want to have to schlep their way out to these things. They'd like to see something interesting and touristy, but then they're re- reduced to, you know, they don't have like Lords or Big Ben or you know, any of the famous buildings of the world, they have a giant fucking bass fishing pyramid that, you know, well, we got to go see the pyramid. we got to see something because you're on holiday. Yeah. You can't just sit around by the pool. You got to go see something. So they've replaced sort of history tourism with world's biggest hot dog building tourism. Yeah, you know? the world's biggest ball of twine. Right, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Even though that is not something that anybody should really have an interest in seeing. The gigantic teapot. <laughs> right. It's like in the absence of anything actually good worth seeing. But this stuff is very photogenic though too, right? Yeah. That's the other funny thing about it all. Like it's actually almost leaned into our modern world, right? Like because I assume that this sort of tourism started happening when you know, when people were taking pictures and stuff and sending postcards, yeah. right? But but it's just become more and more exaggerated. Well, look now. at like a lot of the the uh, the attractions in uh, in Vegas on the Strip as well are all like you know recreations. Like they've got like an Eiffel Tower, they've got pyramids, they've got you know what I mean, like all these like all all these like uh, big famous Grandiose, places, yeah, yeah that, that that have make like a cameo appearance in in Vegas of all places. You know, like it's. It's pretty funny. Uh, yeah. yeah, I love that. Like you take a picture and you're like, "Where am I?" You know, I'm... <laughs> but then, but then it's funny to think as well that a lot of Americans don't have passports and will never leave their country, <laughs> and that's yeah, like the I closest know. they'll ever get to seeing some of these. I don't need to. Places. I know a bunch kind of, of the. Fur- I mean, but but again, the thing is with that, 
is where are they going to go? You're yeah. going to travel 3,000 miles if you're on the coast to get to Europe. That's if you're on the east coast. If you're on the west coast, imagine taking a 6,000 mile trip for your holiday. It's when weird. you can just go to the go to the Caribbean or the Bahamas or whatever. Uh, or then what's your option? Canada, which is like you know you're not going to see anything particularly different there. No. Or and Mexico. I think if you're American, I don't even necessarily think you need a passport to enter Canada by no you don't land. no 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 you don't, you don't. so it's no. it's pretty easy it's it's a weird mentality in north america my, my my parents have this and a lot of my friends have it as well where if i were to say hey come to europe like come come visit us or whatever it's like oh no no way there's no way yeah it takes too long yeah uh there's too many well, they're flights not used and stuff to that sort of yeah travel. yeah but okay but if i landed if i went to say toronto in right. uh, in canada which if my parents wanted to come and visit us, if we were visiting Toronto, where they live now, to come visit us, they would have to drive in their car for like six hours to get right. there. Six hours plus. But no, they used no to problem. that kind of travel. They would be they're like, used yep, to that kind of travel, we'll see you there. <laughs> like, it's no, it's no problem whatsoever. They'll hop into their car and they will drive 12, 15, 25 hours if it means that they're in their car driving. Like, uh, if there was like a big bridge over the Atlantic Ocean, they'd be in Europe all the damn time with their car. Yeah. It's very safe and it's what they know. I honestly really have like respect for people who go on holiday to places like Petra or like even like the Taj Mahal and things. I mean, these are obviously very standard wonders, tourist wonders of the world, even like the pyramids, right? Like I feel like from what I've experienced, even just going to the Eiffel Tower and seeing what a tourist trap it is with all the scammers oh, and the yeah. botherers and all the poor people everywhere. It's horrible, right? It, I, I know it's I know what it would be like. So I, I just I just find it so stressful to think about going and dealing with all the the crap around those dealing with the, the that, you know, going to a country that doesn't have infrastructure, that doesn't necessarily have many tourists. Like I was talking to uh, TJ who's climbed to Mount Everest Base Camp and he actually climbed um the Lotsi Peak, which is the one next to Everest or whatever. He's like, he's a studio guy. Yeah. Why but would you do he, that? Um, I, how do you, I don't even know how, like, first of all, I don't even know how you do that. And second of all, I don't know how you get the gumption to do it in the first place. No, yeah. but because... I mean, why would you go to that area and not climb Everest? Why would you climb its little brother? Well, well so he did Everest big... already. It's just, he was just flexing with the with the climb of the little brother. I see. Well, but you hear all of the horror stories about Everest and the trash and oh, the it's queues. Awful. I think it was like busy and stuff. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, it's, uh, you just hear about like, like how, how awful it is. But no, I mean, uh, I just don't want to go to the, the the pyramids or no. or any of these landmarks really because I just feel like they're. I could just sit, I could just go on Google Street View, look at it from the road outside, and be like, yeah, that's probably what it looks like. I I, I could I could imagine having to not deal with the blazing heat and the like, like trying to get around and being sold a carpet. I just don't need it. I don't need it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what? I, I think a lot of people are worried about going on holiday because, I mean, I know that um, a friend of my mum's has never been abroad and doesn't have a passport. And her, her reason is she wouldn't know what to take. Like she would not, right. she's completely unprepared. Right. And I think it's a very, especially a very English attitude, I think. We, we imagine that everybody in England, because we're so close to Europe, oh, we're perfectly happy to travel. But people generally go to one of a couple of places. Yeah. Mostly Spain, mostly places where all the other British people People are going or Portugal, Portugal the same. Yeah, that's very that's a very typical holiday. We've just to have a seaside holiday somewhere where it's guaranteed to be sunny. Uh, that's pretty much it. And we expect English pubs over there and English food, and everybody should speak English. 
because we're an island and America is, whilst not an island, I think has the mentality of being an island because there's nothing else really near it apart from Canada and Mexico. And once you've been to those, like, well, I'll just fucking stay here. So I think we often laugh at the American attitude to travel, but I bet most Brits are the same. They don't really travel apart from to I, a I couple think, of places. I think even in the, even, I, I, I was really a bit of Agatha Christie recently because I downloaded all the audio books and I was listening to them um, while well, I was like, I don't know, just listening to them. And so you've been Agatha listening Christie, to a lot of Agatha Christie well, recently. Well, I, I, read, I read Death on the Nile. I listened to it on the audio. Right. There we go. And I was like interested because... And I, th I looked into Agatha Christie a bit, and she was obviously, you know, she was writing these books between sort of the pre 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 Second World War, post Second World War period, and before the first, before the Second World War, Egypt was this very popular place to go for sort of rich English yeah. people as a holiday, and there were all these very nice luxury sort of colonial era hotels in Egypt. It was a hot place. It was quite luxurious. It was seen as like this 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 destination for the time. Um, and she spent quite a lot of time there and she got big into archaeology as a result and ended up marrying this archaeologist and going around doing archaeology, which is a very, because she, she did, um, another book about Agatha Christie. One of them was on the, on a, on a archaeological dig site. And she obviously did Murder on the Orient Express, which right. was a, a classic one, but these were all things she'd done, you know? So she was basing her, you know, books in grounded in, you you know, and the, the books are full of details of, of these types of you know things at the time which feel authentic but it i know i know it's obviously a fiction but it's it's a very much a comfortable village hall you know agatha christie's famous for her englishness and you know the cozy um teas around the, the the doilies and you know book clubs and everything like this you know gossiping people going to the church mm. you know just the english country life right but it's also english holiday life in a sense you know for the for the for the more wealthy classes back in the day um, and it's just really fascinating to see how honestly little has changed, you know, especially with like, I was reading one of the books that was written in like 1930 or whatever. And it was like this village with all gossipy old women watching people and doing stuff and coming back and forth. And it was just like fucking today. It's like nothing has changed in a hundred years. It feels like, you know, mm. grow, growing up in a village, it just, it just showed me so much. And going to this village hall, it was just like, ever, nothing's, nothing's changed. You know, there's still old men playing chess or playing a different game in the village hall, yeah. you know, on a Tuesday night. It's funny to think like when we're older, old men in the village hall playing a game, they'll be playing like Valorant or something, you know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They'll have VR headsets. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. I can't believe he fucking headshot me. I got head eyes again. Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. There is, I, I always think this is a strange thing though. Like it seems like at a certain age, you get interested in gardening or you get interested in, yeah. I don't know, like, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, like different, like history, Yeah. you know, maybe it's because you have more history. I'm much more interested in history, history now than I, I ever was like as a kid or whatever. I, I enjoyed it enough learning about it at school or, or whatever, but not much. But now like I will, I'll seek it out. Like if I see something or like uh, I hear about somebody, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll look up like some history or, you know, watch a documentary or whatever. Like I'm yeah, a lot more I'll interested get in it now. Down yeah. Historical Wikipedia I, uh, and for hours I'm kind of like, uh, it's like, it's ruined me a bit because I actually prefer watching factual stuff now than I prefer watching fictional stuff. Mm -hmm. You know, like I used to really oh, like. Here's the thing. Did you watch the Woodstock 99 documentary? Uh, I, I, I meant to watch it actually. I yeah, it's I, I've seen it uh, on uh, Netflix. It looks looks good. I'll, I'll give so it I, watch. I've watched I've watched part one. I've watched part yeah. one. I haven't finished it. It is really 
Really, if you watch the Fire Festival documentary, which is one of my favorite documentaries, oh, I've I ever haven't watched seen. that either. Actually, oh, dude, it's so that's good. such a good one. I mean, that's a, the thing is, Fire Festival is so different to Woodstock in a sense. Like, I, I Woodstock is interesting because it happened in 1989. I was obviously 16. I was someone who was maybe a, maybe a couple of years too young, but around about the age that. Loved those bands, Limp Bizkit, Corn, oh, yeah. Linkin Park, Rage Against the Machine. He had the frosted tips, the khakis. The like uh... to me, it was the worst festival lineup I've ever seen. Like I honestly right. would have been horrified, especially well, Corn for Christ's sake. Corn, Everybody yeah. being well, but, into Corn, what the fuck? Oh, 16, Corn were when huge I was sixteen, the they 90s, were the biggest yeah. band in the world. You know, they were they were huge, and, and I realized. Yes, it was like I a new metal. You. It all it, it all seemed to spawn off the back of uh, wrestling being very popular at the time as well. <laughs> yeah. right? But that's the issue: is the people at it, the people at that festival that are all into those bands. Turns out, massive cunts. Yeah, who knew? Well, well, but this is yeah. it. I I really feel like I was that ragey teenager at right. that age, right? Like I was I was a kid who'd watched Fight Club and I'd watched American Pie. Right. I'd watched I I I you almost had this they talk about it a bit in the documentary but this generation was was really familiar to me because I was that kind of awkward teenager who wanted to go and smash things up, right? And I think like it, it didn't take much t at that age to make me feel like it was funny or cool or the right thing to do to just vandalize stuff and right. smash stuff up. In, but but in what a, I want to know really is strange why way. are we like? I, in my opinion, our generation is is was the first really angry generation. Yeah, like we uh, like it seems like we're just furious when we were younger. Like really, really different. If you look at the original Woodstock, that was us. When we would have been up, like that was our parents when they were our age, right? That yeah. would have been their big festival, but it was not anything like Woodstock '99. And the the organizers in the show put it down to the lineup, the music lineup that they've chosen. But if you look at the difference in one generation from the 1969 hippies and other festival goers to the woo yeah, woo! <laughs> Chad bros, <laughs> Chad and his bros turning up. Yeah, to literally these guys, the backwards caps. No, the thing is, no they're, they're the proto no! bros, though. I, I don't think these are the the bros we have now. I think these are the the, the these the are proto the proto bros. bros. Those this bros, is, this is, you, those bros that you described still exist, by the way. They're timeless. Right, right. But they're now bros. they're Chad one thousand. I'm saying back then they were Chad one hundred and one. They've morphed. They've morphed. The Chads have morphed. And as as you said from the Woodstock era, but again, I think the, the, the first Woodstock was like a rebellion against Vietnam and these other wars that were going on, and 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 against violence. Right. It was this great pacifist. Peace, peace and love movement of right. you know, look, let's make love not war. You know, the, the whole thing, and and the music was different too. But I guess like by the time the mid nineties was going on and the late nineties, it was a different generation. And 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 this is the, the people at Woodstock were were young, you know, very young, like sixteen to eighteen to twenty. You know, people are like, oh, they're messing around, but they're just stupid kids, right? They're 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 not like actively terrorist cells. Do you know what I mean? Or like. They're like they're, they're not, you know, some sort of insurrectionists, right. so, some sort of deep-seated people who have a belief. They have no, they just they're just kids who think it's funny to smash stuff up. Um, I think it's cool to smash stuff up. Yeah. So that's what that's what I was, and I, I feel like if I was in America at this time, I could very easily have me and my mates at school could have very easily been in those in that in that at that concert, you know, setting fire to stuff. 
Um, Jesus. And not caring, you know? Yeah, I, I guess. Think it's I haven't really thought about what I was like at that age, but I, I think I would have been a complete dickhead. Well, but I wouldn't your, have been one of your teens. Like, yeah. if you were, like, say, like, like 16 to 19 around that time, yeah, most I mean, of the, I was, uh, sure, just, yeah, you would be a dickhead for sure. I smoked a bit of weed and I just chilled out and I just basically was sad I didn't have a girlfriend. That was pretty much my teenage years. Mm -hmm. And I didn't have any fucking it's a money. Bit of that. Like, no money. Whereas I look at these kids and I don't know. Like, they, well, they're, they they're just, just looked, as bad. Though, they just like, looked like the... awful people, a lot of them. They didn't, a lot of them didn't even look like they were just kids who were misunderstood and kind of having a hard time. They looked like they had come there to fuck shit up. And ruin the whole thing. And they were like actual bros. And they were coming out of the I fucking wood, but yeah. just frat boys. You do have those frat boy bros culture still happening right. in a major way, even now, or very common. I I hope it's less than it was, but it definitely is like ingrained in, in American culture in a different way to here, though. You you have, I mean, when I was at uni, there were no frat houses and no. No, no it's not Delta a very UK five, thing. No. No, like culture around that, you know, but. But I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm positive it's still a major oh, it is, part 100%. of oh, yeah. college life in America. But these aren't and these aren't underprivileged kids. If you go into college, yeah, these uh, are you know, these they, are kids with some disposable yeah. income or means. And the, means the festival to, wasn't to cheap, things. yeah. So it wasn't like a peace and love just turn up, you know, in the original Woodstock or whatever. I don't know how much it cost, but it might have even been free. Who knows? But it certainly wasn't like um, th this a was big just corporate some, event. Yeah, th this was pretty sold out in terms of like trying to make money off fucking everything um and that i think that kind of changes the, the vibe as well but but i said to true. mrs f wouldn't this happen at any festival with that lineup she said we have festivals all the time and it never gets like this mrs i mm. mean i think mrs f just thinks americans are insane and she she may be right they're a bit they're a bit crazy well i think so and but also i think like there were a lot of other factors in the documentary they talk about like you know they didn't put enough security in and the security they did put in were just shitting themselves inside <laughs> just 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 the hot just the bullies you know they got the school bullies as the security yeah. and then they got like they got the fucking some some guys to like price gouge the hell out of any of the food there was oh, no clean water yeah, there were no rough. toilets like it was just hell it was just a trash dump of shit yeah. garbage but the, the know, sad and... thing is i think I, I i did feel bad for pretty much everybody involved really and in, in the first episode i'm thinking god what a shame you know i mean there were some cynical decisions made by the guys running it they do their, their argument was we have to make money yeah from this and the problem was the way they went about it was kind of kind of shady yeah um but when you look at firefest i wanted everything about it to fail I wanted everyone going to fail and have a horrible time because they were all awful people. They were all like influencers. All oh, right. And they were all just dickheads. And the sort of guys organizing it were dickheads. Like everyone involved. It was like those I think frat that's the bros. the most cathartic thing. Yeah. About, like the yeah, frat bros organized it. We're going to have our own fucking festival. We're going to get all these big acts. We're going to buy a fucking island. It's going to be so hype, dude. This is who's going to be there. You're not going to believe it. Everybody gets a martini when they land. And then everybody gets a margarita when they take a foot off the boat. Blah, blah, blah. All this kind of stuff. It was all like. Didn't it like not really... go ahead, though? Wasn't it just oh, like. Oh, no. A big... it, went, it went ahead. Oh, it did. Oh. Sadly, it went ahead. Yeah. Anyway, watch the documentary. I was yeah, glad it definitely failed. Watch Firefest I was waiting for it documentary. to fail. But I think this the, one the, I was it's rooting a, for. It's a different five. Woodstock is definitely like i feel like from watching the documentary like no one died right yeah, yeah. Woodstock, like, no. and there were a quarter of a million people there and they were fires and smashing and it, riots and crazy crushes you know and like loads of people moshing i mean obviously there are plenty of injuries and a lot of uh sexual assaults and stuff happened you know which is fucking it was that was the worst thing i think about the documentary just the amount of like 
kind of gross, creepy stuff that that were, that, that the frat boys were were doing. Um, and it's uh, it's just, it was just, but it felt like it felt like it was just such a, a uh, I don't know, just a really. So people weren't being careful, I think, and and but there was no security as well, and yeah. people were very drunk and a lot of drugs. Like there just wasn't enough like actual protections put in place to stop people going absolutely fucking crazy. <laughs> um, man, oh man! But but yeah, yeah, yeah I gotta uh, watch that. Wild, it, it's uh, yeah, I'm interested in like like all of that stuff for sure. So I will watch it. The fire festival, it quite, it was. I, I think fire festival, you're like rooting for it to fail, whereas Woodstock is a really sad. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> it's kind of yeah. thing um but even so it's something i d- didn't know about at all same um, I, I mean I, was... I don't remember it at all i remember no, i remember I... hearing about it like at, at the time sort of thing but i know ne- like not not much like i think at the time it was reported to be kind of nuts as well but um i never really looked into it or anything you know like it didn't it didn't resonate that much you know i love these deep dives into these events though as yeah. well i think sometimes obviously even the documentaries don't cover everything and there's probably a couple of books about i'm sure it, but yeah yeah it's, it's definitely great to just I, I just don't know about all this these cool bits of history and you're constantly seeing them there's so much yeah. history as well right it's weird though um, like the music in the 90s was 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 different right especially like uh, like at the at the start of the 90s but then even going through all throughout the 90s i feel like music was just so kind of dark and aggressive in the 90s wasn't it it like, did feel like more it was, so than uh, it is now like it was, yeah i mean now it's all i feel like these these kind of things would just be dance music no and like the elements of this well, exist but like it's all the scenes are, are a lot more fragmented than they would be in the 90s, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, that's, that's what it is, yeah. right? Like, we, we can all listen to whatever we want and everything goes. Yeah. Like, there are still some things that dominate, but they're not, even though they don't dominate, like, you know, the wet-ass pussy and stuff like this, like, only only lasts for much less yeah, time yeah. and is is much more, you know, segmented. Um, sure, you still have, like, super superstars like Lady Gaga or whatever, but, but they don't feel like they're as you know i guess back in the day in the 90s we got all of our music on a couple of radio stations at mtv yeah. or whatever you know that was <clears throat> they, they were such taste setters whereas now it's sure it's it, there's just there's just a bigger there's, pool, but i think I there's think. been a, can... a, a like a bigger broadening of identity now as well because i feel like you can be the punk guy who kind of likes 80s synth and 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 but likes to dress it like in a certain way or whatever like there's like a it's a lot more broad than it was like i feel like in the 90s you got into a group that listened to a certain thing and you you just really embraced that and that was it you know like you wouldn't you wouldn't do anything else i mean also you i think especially back then you also had you dressed a certain way and had a haircut a certain way based on what you listened to yeah like certainly i wore a lot of flannel shirts and baggy jeans because i listened to a lot of grunge and wore my hair long over my face and looked as miserable as possible yeah because that was the kind of music i listened <laughs> yeah. to yeah oh my god you're like you're like the guy from stranger things the creepy photo guy all right yes yeah. all right i am like the creepy <laughs> guy from the stranger creepy. things all right fine you've got He's, it he came good it's like he came the third good. time a, you've worked he, that in i don't good. even know who this character is let me look oh, him up creepy guy stranger him. things well we'll buy it we'll buy his big brother whatever his name is murray bowman i don't know who is jamie campbell bauer Mary Bowman. Oh, no, not him. <laughs> not Murray Bowman. Uh, it's me, uh, Murray Bowman. Jerry, so I haven't on... seen you in so long. Hi, Murray. You could, 
so for the first time, the, the uh, prom, you know, the proms, which is a very old school British yep. thing where they do classical music. Wank. They did a gaming, they did game music proms this week. Um, Get me it's out. Like, it's like a two hour concert. They've got like music from, you know, Battlefield 2042, oh, Shadow of the Colossus, Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy. Uh, some people love that, that, that game music. Um, you know, some of it is real epic, good music as well. So yeah, that's that's available for next month if you want to listen to the old um, uh, music game music. The old proms. music? No, no. Hey, I'm going Fine. to a um, I'm going to a local uh, parade today called the Battle of Flowers. Have you ever heard of this? Have I ever told no, you about no. it? It it hasn't been uh, it hasn't been on for two years because of uh, COVID and restrictions COVID, yeah. and stuff. But uh, it's back in full force this year. Local groups of people put together uh, these big parade floats and de decorate them with flower petals, um, okay. mostly. And they theme them, and um, and then they parade them up and down the avenue for two hours, and uh, they're judged at the end, and there's a winner, and everybody gets to uh, watch this happen, and it's uh, it's good fun. There's like a. Um, you know, like uh, like Miss America pageant. There's like a like a like the like a like the queen of the 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 battle of flowers, um, who appears on a on a float and is selected throughout the year and stuff. There's it's like all, all these like old. This is like a Miss Battle and a Mr. Miss Battle. battle that's it. Yeah, Mr. Battle. <laughs> There's no Mr. Battle. Mr. Battle is normally um, some celebrity that's flown in from uh, the UK. Like uh, you know, oh. but it, like it would be like. Uh, like Will Young or like, uh, you know, one of the guys from EastEnders or whatever, you know, like the current EastEnders right. heartthrob or some something like that, you know. Gareth Gates. Yeah. yeah. And they just kind of stand up there, uh, you know, like Henry Cavill, but I don't think they'd be able to get Henry Cavill now. He's like he's too uh, he's too prime time, right? He's too big. Well, I don't uh, know. He's fairly available. He could, like he a, might be. Uh, Simon Clark saw him at the uh, Warhammer sh Warhammer World in Nottingham. Oh, well, there you like, go. Like, recently, um, so it, it would be something like that. But um, so I, I, my my son was like insistent that he wanted like a like a Hawaiian shirt with matching shorts, like to wear to the <laughs> okay, and also insistent that I got a matching shirt like to his, so I have to oh. wear a Hawaiian shirt as well. Uh, it's going to be like 30 degrees today. We have a one-year-old. Like, I don't know how any of this is going to work, but uh, it's because uh, we got to, we're just going to be sitting in like the blazing hot sun for two hours, like during like the sun's Doing prime battle. time watching floats on a parade and with flowers. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds great. Yeah, it'll be. Sounds wholesome. I think it'll be fun. all right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, enjoy that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very villagey country. That's very like local town. That's isn't it. it? That stuff. Yeah, it all feeds back into your. It does your ideal my... local town. Maybe there'll be some people playing like uh, Warhammer board games somewhere as well mm. in the town hall. <laughs> Don't know about that. And sipping on uh, Fox's Knob or whatever the the, the local <laughs> ale is, <laughs> the local craft. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that sounds exactly like what it is. Yeah. Uh, all right, well, there you go. That's uh, that's Triforce. That was a good one today. Yeah, Thank good you one. for joining us, everyone. It's good to be back. Yeah, Thank it's you. good to have us all back together. Yeah. I've missed it. I know. Uh, there's some, yeah. there's some more summer vacations coming up soon, but uh, not not as bad as like the 
was it like three weeks or two, four yeah. weeks almost with all the with all the all the trips and stuff? Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. yeah yep, we'll be yep. back around in, few, in, in, in future weeks. So if see we you need soon, to everyone. do some cover, we'll chuck some more mailbags at you. Maybe. Oh, oh yeah. baby! They, people love the mailbag. People do love the these mailbags. ones. I've got like hundreds of emails. To get oh, good, good. Right. Save them. Good save. All right, oh, yeah. they're safe. We'll make use of them. All right, all right. Bye, bye, bye. Peace. Bye, bye, bye.